Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Heavenly Father, we ask now as we open your word, we've been singing portions of it. Now, Father, we're going to look at some specific parts of it. And as you've prepared us for it, as your spirit has been active in the creating of this service today, even in by bringing the specific people here who are here and who are watching from home, Father, this is a work of God, and we anticipate a good, good result. Because we yield ourselves now to the power of your word, to its truth, to its ability to heal and to identify things that are necessary. So we give ourselves to it now, trusting in the power of your spirit to guide us. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. The Apostle Paul once reminded the Thessalonian believers that we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. Now, the immediate context of his observation was the passing of a loved one through death's doorway into the Lord's presence. With regularity, we find ourselves in just such a circumstance. Never is the distinction between a believer and an unbeliever drawn more starkly than at such a time. We believers possess a great hope in the triumph of Jesus Christ, our Savior, over death. Amen? That hope makes a tremendous difference. The demonstration of that hope creates an unforgettable testimony. And so it is. So it is with all the hopes that we possess as born-again children of God. The hopes that we possess stabilize and energize and serve to characterize us in this fallen, sin-filled, generally hopeless world in which we live. Now, we spent the last few months identifying the hopes. We actually went through the book of Revelation and identified 22 hope-generating revelations. Revelations from the book of Revelations that actually stir and generate hope in our hearts. Things we can put our hopes in. Now, all those messages are available at our church website, but what we've been doing the last few weeks, actually the last seven, is we've been asking the question, how can these hopes, how can these hopes, once they've been identified, be deployed? That is, how can they be put to work in our life? 
Do we just have to wait till the fulfillment of those hopes comes? Because a lot of those fulfillments are in heaven or long after we're going to be gone from this earth. I don't plan to be here for the millennial kingdom. I don't plan to be here for the tribulation and see how God, you know, sustains his people and brings people to faith during that time. <clears throat> I plan to be whisked down of here <clears throat> by the rapture if I live to see it. And I don't know. My mom waited till she was almost 105 waiting on the rapture. I don't know if I have 105 in me, and I don't know when it might come, but I know either I go through the doorway called death or I get the, the ride called the rapture, but I'm not going to see some of these things that my hope is in. Hope that God's going to do these things. God's going to wrap up the history of this world. God's, all these are hopes out there. Well, if I'm never going to actually live most of them, or at least a good number of them, what good is it for me now? Can it be good? Is there a way I can put the hope that I have that's been generated by the very revelation of God, is there some way I can put that to work? and allow it to make a difference, a good difference, in my life right now. Can all of us do that? For the last several weeks, we've been saying, yes, yes, we can. We can put the hopes that we have in the promises and the program of God, we can put it to work in practical ways in our lives right now. So far... As we phrase the question, we could phrase it this way, how can we use the hope we have in Christ to impact our world for Christ? Well, so far we've answered that question seven different ways. We've identified seven different great hopes we have that, that we can actually put to work in our life and have that hope influence us and affect the way that we live. Today, we're going to answer it an eighth time. And we're going to follow the same pattern we've been using. First, we will see my, and I want every one of us to make this personal, of course. This is you speaking. It's me speaking. First, we're going to see my hope discovered. Then my hope defined, put it into terms that that might be practical and useful. And then we're going to see my hope deployed. How do we make it work? And if it is working in our life, what effect might it have? That's what we're going to discuss for an eighth time today. So here we go. My hope discovered, the eighth one in this little uh, put-it-to-work series. We find it in Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. Here's two verses in Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4. John says, Now the dwelling of God is with, <clears throat> excuse me, is with man. And when that happens, he, God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Boy, there's coming a day 
there's coming a day when all of that's going to be true. God's going to have his hand upon it, and it's going to be marvelous. Now, Revelation chapter 22, the very next chapter, verses 2 and 3, Paul or John gets a, a view of things, and he says, in the New Jerusalem, in the city, on each side of the river that went right down the, the main street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. John says, that's coming. You can put your hopes in that. You can be sure of that. Now, this is a revelation the Apostle John received of the new heaven and the new earth. These are some of the conditions of that brand new creative work of God. Now, I'm sure it took John's breath away to see that. Well, thank you, Alan. <clears throat> Did you put anything in it? <laughs> Okay, I'm sure, as John looked, I mean, this was a vision, just took his breath away. What a city. He described it to us. We looked at it a, a couple of weeks ago. But here's this city where there is nothing of the old order. The old fallen sinful order is gone. And therefore, everything that it used to bring no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. No, in a, in a word, no more curse that mankind has to deal with. It's really heaven on earth, and it's coming. So that's our hope discovered in the scripture there. Here's how I would define the hope that this discovery uh, stirs in my heart. My hope defined, I'd put it this way, there is coming a day. There is coming a day when sickness and sorrow will be a thing of the past. Is that good? How many of you have a situation you'd like to have in the past right now that might be under the category even of sickness and sorrow? Just like to have it in the past. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when sickness and sorrow will be a thing of the past. Nobody will experience either of those. A day when health and wholeness will be experienced by all. A day when God's curse upon the world of men will be lifted. That's quite a day. Let me read that again. Allow each aspect of it to just fully impact your mind and heart. Allow its truths to just penetrate right to the deepest part of your being and say, this is ultimately what God has for man. Here we go again. There is coming a day when sickness and sorrow will be a thing of the past. A day when health and wholeness will be experienced by all. A day when God's curse upon the world of men will be lifted. And all of that is going to be true. All of that is going to be true because sin and Satan and selfishness will be removed from the equation. 
Everything that today brings sickness and sorrow and distress and conflict will be no more. What a world to look forward to. What a world, what a situation to set our hopes upon. That's how I define this particular hope. So now, if I've got that defined, a pristine, perfect world with with no gunk at all, how can I put that particular hope, how can I deploy it in my life? How can I, how can we put it to work for the glory of God and for the good of Christ's church? Well, here's my suggestion for us this morning. My hope, this hope, this particular one, deployed, put to work. We say it this way. Since there is coming a day when sickness and sorrow will be a thing of the past, I will endeavor to exhibit health and wholeness in every situation I encounter. That's what we can do. There's coming a day, and we can demonstrate that we are related to that day. We are related to the one who will make that day a reality, and some of his touch upon our lives should bring some of the effect that one day will be worldwide. Since there is coming a day when sickness and sorrow will be a thing of the past, I will endeavor to exhibit, that is to demonstrate, so that people can see in me health and wholeness every Sunday morning. Oh, no, it's not just Sunday morning. You all kind of look healthy and whole right now. You all look like you're on your very best behavior We've just been worshiping and praising and and coming together. And you'd say, man, if somebody could walk into this room right now, would they not find us at our best? Now, if the way I put that hope to work in my life is only on Sunday morning, it's better than me coming in here and being a grump. It's better than me coming in here and just railing on on a congregation and, and being who knows how. But this says, I will endeavor to exhibit health and wholeness in every situation I encounter. So that's the way all of us can put that hope to work. Try to exhibit what's coming by letting the Holy Spirit produce it in you. He can't, it's not time to create it in the whole world yet. The new heaven and the new earth isn't here yet, but we are children of the God who's going to create that new heaven and that new earth with these conditions. And wouldn't it be something to say, my hope is in God's future work, and you know, his Holy Spirit is... is uh, is performing something in me that is like that because I belong to him. Health and wholeness, it's an attention getter. Health and wholeness, as we're talking about it this morning, always shows on somebody's countenance. There's some life exhibited there. 
There's some delight in what's going on in life exhibited there. There's a sense that whatever is inside is, is a good thing because it's showing outside. The health and wholeness that I'm saying I will endeavor to exhibit expresses itself in a relaxed and a peaceful demeanor. It causes one to rise above and overcome situations that cause those who are hopeless to give in to desperation and even despair. We're in a situation like that as a whole country, aren't we? We're in a situation as a whole world with this, this pandemic, this, this uh, unknown kind of thing, really, and who knows how long it goes and who knows how it works out. We as a country are kind of in a desperate situation just wondering who in the world is going to be in charge of things just a few weeks from now. And how's that going to work out? Those who have no hope could get bummed out. Even Christians. I'll bet we're all Christians in here. Very close, anyway. It'd be a safe bet. But is there anybody in here, don't raise your hand, even though you're a Christian, who here knows what desperation feels like? Say, some of you, you could raise your hand. Who here actually knows what, you never got to despair, but you could see it from where you are? See, those things, those things are not part of wholesomeness. Those things are not part of the kind of health that I'm talking about this morning. When we have our hope in the Lord and we know exactly what he is preparing for those who are his, there's, a, there's an ability to peacefully endure whatever's going on and not even have to figure it out. Not say, once I figure it out, then I'll be able to accept it. No, we just endure what's going on peacefully trusting our Heavenly Father. That's a healthful thing. That's a wholesomeness that, that goes all the way through every part of our life, and it, it delivers us and saves us from things like feelings of desperation or despair or anxiety or extreme tension where we hardly even want to go out of the house. See, what God has planned for us and what his hope can bring in us is a whole different demeanor where we're characterized by somebody can say it, good health and wholeness as a human being. Now, when I say health here this morning, this is not a health that just precludes physical sickness. He's not sick. He must be healthy. It's not a wholeness that knows nothing of loss or reversal of fortune. What I'm talking about this morning, you can be healthy and on your deathbed. You can be whole 
and having, having a reversal come that you hardly have anything left. It's a kind of health and wholeness that is of God. It's a spiritual health and a spiritual wholeness that might have ramifications in the other realms of our life, but that's not the main thing. Frequently, and what we're talking about is a miracle. It's a miracle in that there's a health that goes beyond the physical. And there is a wholeness that goes beyond things visible. It's health in the midst of sickness at times, and it's wholeness in the midst of brokenness. Now, when my hope in the Lord, when my hope in the coming day and the environment that will one day be common, when my hope in that allows me to walk through a world that leaves many other people hopeless, and I experience some of the same things they experience without the same result in my heart or mind, there's a testimony. There's an evidence that, that there's something going on that they don't know anything about. And so today, just to establish the context and what we're talking about, I want to share a couple of key scriptures that you see on your sheet there in front of you. Here's the first one. Paul knew about the state of affairs in this world. Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23, Paul says, We know that the whole creation, now that includes my body, our bodies, that's part of God's creation, our physical being, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, now here we are, Paul's now saying, we who are born again, we have the Holy Spirit, he's been given to us, but we only have the, the first portion of that. We groan inwardly, as we eagerly await our adoption as sons, our, our full deliverance into the family of God, you could say, which is the redemption of our bodies. God has plans for the human body that go beyond what you and I are enjoying right now. Those who die before the Lord returns, their bodies go into the ground, and they await something. They await either the, well, they await the return of Jesus Christ, and at the rapture, they will be raised, even as Jesus was raised, in a glorious manner. And their bodies will be glorified. Those of us who are alive on the earth and are caught up to meet the Lord in the, crowd, in the clouds, Paul says, we will be changed. And sickness will not be part of our experience any longer. Pain and suffering will not be part of our experience any longer. Paul says that's the redemption of the body. And it's not coming because scientists have found a new supplement that'll take 20 years off your life. I wouldn't want 20 years taken off of my life. I think the life God has for me is just the right length 
And I don't know if I'd want to add 20 to it or take 20 off that I've already lived. But there's coming a day when I, when you, will be given a body that will last for eternity and it will be incorruptible. It will be beyond suffering, beyond pain, beyond. And so we put our hope in that and the truth of it is we can live in light of that truth even when our physical body that we do have breaks down and gives us trouble and ultimately wears out. Paul said one time, we are outwardly just wasting away. I I hate that. You probably do too. Have you ever looked in the mirror and discovered some of the waste? Gee, where'd that come from? We're just wasting away. We're wearing out. It's another way of, but he said, don't worry. Inwardly, we're being renewed every single day. Inwardly, we are getting younger, stronger, more like the very Christ himself, more like that glorious one that we will someday be. But in the flesh, we live in a a world where these things are true. Now, here's what Peter said. 1 Peter 1, chapter, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, He's talking about Jesus. Do you realize how it must have felt for Peter, who had seen the Lord, to still be alive and have to talk to some people who had never seen him? Now, none of us have seen him, of course, but Peter was talking to people who were his own contemporaries. Peter had seen the Lord. Peter could tell them about the Lord, even physically. What did he look like? But Peter says, even though you, the ones he's writing to, they they were living in a different era. They'd never seen Jesus. Even though you have not seen him, you love him. The Spirit did the same job in them that the Spirit's done in us. We see the Lord through the the words of Scripture, and and the Spirit generates a love in us for him, for all that he's done for us. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. See, what happens when the Spirit comes into our life is our soul gets healthier and healthier. And Peter says, see, we're, we're, our soul is being saved. Our soul is that part of us with all our emotions and our personality and our quirks and our all the things that make you you is, is a soul thing. And Paul says, that part of you, Peter says, that part of you, by the work of the Spirit, is getting more and more and more saved. That's what Paul meant when he said, outwardly, that's the body, is wearing out, but inwardly, that's the soul, is being renewed every single day. You're receiving more and more of this saving work of God. Not saved from hell, but saved from yourself. 
saved from our fallenness, saved from our, our temptations and our tendencies and becoming more and more like Christ. That's what's going on in this fallen world. So as it's going on, and we understand now where God is at work, he's at work inwardly, and sometimes using the physical things to actually make the inward better. So now we come to two observations I'd share with you. Here's the first. Health and wholeness do not arise from things around me. As I put this hope to work, I am not putting my hope in things changing around me. Oh, if I could have a better house, better job, if I could get out of this town, if I could this, if I could that. Change some circumstance around me. Health and wholeness doesn't come that way. It's a fundamental fact of life. God's curse upon the earth has not been lifted. As John looks forward to the new heaven and the new earth, he said there'll be no more curse. But today there still is. God said to Adam when he sinned, Genesis 3.17, cursed is the ground because of you. All things, material and physical. Sin affected the physical creation as God made it. God effect, sin affected the physical body as God made it. And so we live on our days in the midst of this fallen world. We're affected by it even as we are affected by gravity itself. When we, as children of God, slip and fall, we are just as likely to break a bone as any unbeliever. Is that right, Bonnie? Can get a black eye. Your salvation didn't help that at all, did it? See, we're, we're living, God doesn't restrict or, or amend or change the laws of the universe just for us. And one of the laws of the universe is he cursed this world. And it brings trouble. Our own physical body is, is wearing out and it frequently and ultimately will bring great trouble to every one of us. That's the world we live in. That's the... Con Disease in this world is no respecter of persons. Believers fall prey just as easily as do unbelievers. This world, cursed as it is by God himself, presents one pitfall after another. Because God's curse is still upon it, and we shouldn't expect it to be any different. And getting to a better place of it, on it doesn't really necessarily make us better. Second thing, men are still mired in sinfulness. Romans chapter 7, verse 18, Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. All of us who are born again through faith in Jesus Christ have a new nature, but we still have the old one. And nothing good, nothing that belongs to God, that identifies us with God and his plan for us is found in that old nature. And that's true of all people. 
Frequently, the actions of others bring pain and suffering to us. Paul was brutally treated on more than one occasion. Believers in many parts of the world live in life-threatening circumstances even today because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And so we live on a God-cursed earth in the midst of flesh-controlled human beings. That is not a situation conducive to health and wholeness. Not if we're just thinking in physical terms. And so here's our second observation. Health and wholeness arise from things within me. Within me. That's what Peter was talking about. He mentioned three things in the context of our salvation of soul. Three things that are the truest expression of health and wholeness. One, he says, love for Christ. Love for Christ, who not having seen him, you love him. Love for Christ can, can affect us from our head to our feet. Love for Christ can, can actually even reduce stress within us, anxiety within us. And doctors will tell us it's our own anxiety and stress that cause most of the physical ailments that people have. So there is a there is a benefit that way, even physically. But love for Christ, it produces spiritual health and wholeness just to know that he is our savior, he is our coming king, he is the one who has a, a future plan for us, and we can serve him and feel his approval. And he is given his own spirit to us to guide us along successfully. And we love him for that. We love him for that. And love just has a, a powerful impact upon a person's soul. Jesus once said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And the commandment I focus most on these days is that Jesus said that we should follow his spirit. Paul put it this way, keep in step with him and allow him to develop in us the very character of Christ. And therefore, we'll enjoy spiritual blessings and vitality. Love for Christ. Belief in Christ. What stability that brings. We just believe. We trust. We know we don't question. We don't doubt. Jesus was once asked, what is the work that God requires? And here's a very simple answer. He just said, believe in the one God has sent. Do you believe in Christ? Do you believe he's the son of God? Do you believe he came from heaven to earth and lived a perfect life? Do you believe that he willingly laid down his life on Calvary in payment for your sins and mine? Do you believe that he rose from the dead three days later? Do you believe that he ascended to heaven and is at the right hand of the Father right now? Do you believe that he is the head of the church and will someday come and gather his entire church to himself? Is that what you believe? Think of all the things that other people ask you to believe. 
we've had about 17 different scientific uh, items to believe with regard to this pandemic. Every other day they say, well, you know, we said that, but, you know, that's not really how. Jesus will never say, got to change your belief system here. Believe in Jesus Christ, in who he is, who the scripture says he is, and what the scripture says he did, and the way his Holy Spirit whispers and sometimes just thunders to our heart truth about him. Love for Christ. Belief in Christ. And then Peter lists joy. Joy because of the work of the Spirit of Christ. Three powerful health producers. Love, belief, and the joy that springs from it all. We have that in our heart. We have that just further developing our soul to a place of a fully saved condition. And there's going to be health. There's going to be wholeness. There's going to be vitality in you that resembles that of Jesus Christ himself and of those who have walked closely with his spirit through all the years. And people will notice. People will notice. How can you in a day and age like this exhibit such a, such a positive spirit? Don't you know the whole future of our country is hanging in the balance? No, it's not. God's determined how it's going to go long, long time ago. And we will go through it with him. And we will trust him. And we will know that our God is in control. We will know that our God is working things out for our good and for the good of his son's church. And we will rest in that, even as our love for Christ and our belief in Christ and the joy produced in us by the Spirit of Christ just continues to increase. And we will exhibit in a world that might be going in any direction, who knows, we will exhibit a kind of human health and wholeness for living that is truly an honor to God and will be a testimony to all who get to know us. And so we say this, final thought, salvation of soul overcomes the ill effects of all sickness and sorrow. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying this morning. I don't misunderstand it myself. There, there's coming a day of sickness for you. There's coming a day of sickness for me. Hardly anybody dies in perfect health. Not unless they get hit by a car. But in the normal process of life, there, we work our way, we walk our way right into the diminishment of, of our human physical abilities. And we know that. We should anticipate that. It has been my privilege over the almost 50 years of ministry that I've been in to on several occasions <clears throat> witness. Witness someone who was enjoying genuine health and wholeness 
at the very moment they took their last breath. When they knew that is what was happening. When they knew that their life was coming to an end and there was such a, such a health inside them that it just overwhelmed what was going on outside of them. And one breath here and the next breath there with a peacefulness and a joy and an anticipation as a perfectly healthy spiritual person maintaining their faith right to the end. It's possible to be very, very physically sick and very, very spiritually strong. And people who experience that are people who've deployed their hope into the realities of their life. May that be true of you and me, and may the witness we bear for Jesus Christ be, be talked long after we are gone. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Joy in Christ is hope indeed. Our Heavenly Father, we can look forward and see the work you're about to do. For you, it's a, only a few moments from now. For, for with you, a thousand years are only like a day of time. Just a period of time. Father, there's coming that marvelous work you're going to do when those who are yours have passed beyond all pain and suffering and tears and regret and they are just made into the very image of Christ. They are glorified. We have bodies that last forever and that serve all the purposes of God perfectly. And the knowledge of God, as we saw just a week ago, the knowledge of God will cover this new earth the way the, the waters cover the sea. So, Father, may we, may we be people who are so caught up in the goodness of Christ, our love for Christ, our belief in Christ that nothing can shake, and the joy the very fruit of the Spirit who's within us, the joy of all these things, so fill us that regardless of our physical, our financial, any other situation we're in, that our face, our life, our countenance will display the ultimate expression of health and wholeness and that we would be an honor to Jesus, and that we might be able to influence those who are without hope in this world to put their hope in him. We ask this now in his name. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.